This is episode number two of Live Empowered with me, your host, Dr. Lisa Summerauer. And today I'll be talking about going home. More specifically, I'll be sharing about my experience going back to a place where my people are from. In my case, to the community of Lincoln Park in Rockville, Maryland, where my mother and her siblings grew up. Founded in 1891, it was one place in Montgomery County where blacks could own land. Learn how this small community continues to be a source of pride and empowerment for its residents and descendants. What comes to mind when you think of home? Enjoy today's conversation where empowered people empower people. Hello, I'm a couple of minutes early. I'm just looking here. Um, this is my first show on a Thursday, so we're going to see what um, what our audience looks like. Uh, I did one last week on Saturday morning, but I do think Thursdays are going to be my evening. I see my mom is here. Is that my mom? Mom, clap or something. We'll test some things out. I have another minute. Um, if you hit that react button down, oh, she's got her thumbs up. Good. I hope you're ready because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a microphone today and we're going to talk because... We're actually talking about the place where my mom grew up. So give me like one more minute and uh, I'm going to get started here. So look, she's gotten, uh, she's got her thumbs up going and I see Woody is here in the audience and we'll see if a few more people. So unfortunately, um, I have several family members who might be listening in, but they don't have iPhones, so they can't participate live, which is unfortunate. Um, so they're going to have to, uh, I don't know, mom, maybe they can text you if they have questions. So if Adrian, Nadine, Janice, Therese, or any of the family members are listening in, if you have questions, text them to my mom and uh, hopefully she can get them and she can ask the questions for you. Um, but we're going to, we're going to go ahead and get started here in just a few seconds. So I'm Dr. Lisa Summer Hour, and this is Live Empowered with me. And as the weeks go by, I will have some shows where I'm actually interviewing people. This one and last week, I'm taking this time to kind of get acclimated to my podcast environment. And I actually had some things that I just wanted to talk about to help you, the audience, kind of get to know me. And tonight, you're going to be hearing about where my people are from. Um, because a few weeks ago, we had the wonderful opportunity of going back home to Lincoln Park in Rockville, Maryland. So I'm giving a shout out to Lincoln Park for any uh, family, friends, folks who live in Lincoln Park now so that, uh, you know, we were still here. We were home and still thinking about you even a couple of weeks after after the get together. My, has it been one week or two? It's been it'll be two weeks tomorrow. Saturday will be two weeks. It'll be two weeks. So I wanted to do this show. I had a really good friend of mine, Dr. Gail Whitaker, who was with us in in uh, Maryland for this event. And she said, you really should do this as a podcast. And I thought about it and thought, yeah, you know, to get people to think about the places they grew up, you know, where, where do you come from? So this is a Live Empowered podcast. And my reason for doing this podcast, my purpose, my goal is to help people find different pathways to get more engaged with their lives so they can have different experiences and opportunities to empower themselves. And I believe when we each find ways to empower ourselves, we put ourselves in a position to empower others. So I like to say empowered people empower people. And a lot of what I do, everything that I do here is designed to hopefully get you thinking 
about things maybe differently than you've been thinking about them or things you haven't thought about and to get creative. Think about some things that just get spawned from hearing this show um, on how you can do that. How can you empower yourself to live your best life? How can you empower other people? And when I say empower, one of the definitions I like to give is to give yourself permission to do that thing, whatever that thing might be. And I think very often I've had clients who I've had to say to them, you know, you can give yourself permission. Katya is here with us. Hi, Katya. So Katya was a guest last week or earlier this week, actually, on Terry Wallman's Making It. So I'm so excited that she is joining me as a guest tonight. You're going to be meeting Katya on this show because I am going to schedule to have her on here. Because when you hear her story, you are going to feel empowered to do something phenomenal with your life. And you'll probably even be convinced that you could do something really creative because she's insanely talented. Um, but today it's about home. So Katia, this is great because Katia can talk about uh, what home means to her. And I do want you to start thinking about what does home actually mean to you when you think about the place that you call home or the places that you called home, what does that conjure up for you? What kind of feelings? What do you do? You have smells that enter your your mind. You remember smells. Do you remember things that you used to do growing up? How far back are you going when you think about home? Uh, one of the things that I I kind of looked up as I was preparing for our 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 event two weeks ago, um, I was being honored uh, by Lincoln Park's Hall of Fame, but I was also keynote speaker for the evening, and I was trying to figure out how do I make this connection to coming back to a place that I only lived for a short period of time as a, as a child. But this is where my parents were from. My parents grew up here. This is where my uh, grandparents lived. All of my aunts and my uncle, they were born in this, this community in Lincoln Park. So I knew of Lincoln Park from my mom taking me and my sister down there for, for years and years and years. And what, what was I going to say? And one of the things that I realized that I had lived in at least 10 different states. And it's interesting because my parents were not in the military when they were together. So we weren't moving around because we were a military family. <laughs> it just happened that we moved a few times. And my mother used to say to me, um, leave home. You can always come back. She said, but if you travel right, you might not want to. So I never really, once we started moving uh, as a family, as I got older, I never felt like inhibited about relocating. It was just a, an opportunity to have uh, different experiences in a different place. Now I've also lived in, I think I had counted 23 or 24 different places physically that I called home, right? Apartments or houses or condos or what have you. I, at one point it was my car. Uh, I joked that it was a Mercedes, so it wasn't as bad as it could have been, but I definitely, <laughs> really have an address. I was kind of between living uh, situations at the time. And I, I thought about that. And then the, the other thing that, that hit me was, you know, people often ask, where are you from? And because I had lived so many places, it was like, where was I from? And I kind of identify where I'm from with um, where I grew up, right? And so I grew up in New Jersey and South Jersey, uh, to be specific, because folks from the East Coast or from New Jersey know that we have a South Jersey, a Central Jersey, and a North Jersey, and do not get the three confused. And that's how we can tell if you're not really from New Jersey, because you don't know that that's a thing. Um, so I grew up in South Jersey, but then we moved to Milwaukee. So that was kind of our 
I'm not going to say it's our first big move, but I think it was our first move as a family. Um, I remember my very first move. So I remember being about mom and you can, you can tell her, I'm going to give my mother a microphone here so she can talk. Uh, I'm going to invite her to speak. Actually, I'm going to do even more than that. So when you see that button, mom, hit it. Let's see, where is she? You should see an invitation from me. But I was about, I think, three years old when my mom moved me and my sister from uh, Lincoln Park in Rockville, Maryland to New Jersey to live with her parents. And the memory that I have, uh, I see her thumbs up. Do you not see the link uh, giving you an option to come up on stage with me? See if you see that link on your screen, mom. Um, I actually remember being in the back of, I believe my grandparents' station wagon having a bunch of books around me uh, that, you know, my, my mom, my parents must have gotten me and turning into my grandparents' driveway. I remember driving past the front lawn and going into the driveway. And I remember seeing the house, which to me at that time looked like a, a mansion. It was just like the biggest house I think I had ever seen at that point. So I actually remember that first move um, and that experience. But I remember the first move out of that house uh, from Absegan or Egg Harbor Township to Pleasantville. And I don't know what's going on. Mom, I'm going to make you come out here so you can tell me why you're not hitting that button so that you can speak. Um, she's right in the house, so she could actually come out here right now. I'm out in my office. Um, but I remember moving to Pleasantville, and I was horrified to move at this point because I was in third or fourth grade and I didn't want to leave my best friend Olivia and we didn't realize until a little bit later that it was only seven and a half miles but it still required that I would go to another school and so I remember being really upset with my parents about dragging me away from my best friend and moving us all the way from uh, Apsecan to Pleasantville, New Jersey that seven and a half miles or so. So I, I want to ask someone and here's my mom so mom can you talk you have to unmute yourself down at the bottom and you'll be able to talk so hit the uh, little microphone down at the bottom and take that x off and we'll be able to hear you there she is you're on camera okay i got it so i got it it's comfortable so you're not moving around yeah i was coming out to the office right before i got oh. it yeah, well that's okay <laughs> better so grab a seat you're making people dizzy Okay. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I was just talking about, I actually remember being in the back of the station wagon, pulling into 61 Fire Road. Oh, yeah. And then, I, and I don't know what those books are, but I tell you, I, I have a vivid memory of being in the back with a bunch of books that you must have get brought with me. Um, and they were like a, a golden greenish color with some kind of the, the the binding. I just remember these books. I wish I had these books still. I don't know what happened to they these They weren't books. the African-American dictionaries or anything like that? Not, not when I was three. No, <laughs> not coming from Rockville. Um, I, uh, okay. they, were still, they, were still, they were still yeah. in books. Um, but then we moved to Pleasantville. But I want, I want you to talk about um, what do you remember about growing up on Douglas Avenue in Lincoln Park, Maryland? Oh, it was just uh, fun. I mean, because 
every those are it's like that's all we knew was Lincoln Park and everybody there looked like us and we roller skated in the street we rode our bikes in the street everybody had to be home at the same time so you didn't miss anything um we had our little community store our little community auto repair shop um, we didn't have a dentist, but we had a doctor that came to your house with his little black bag, Dr. Williams. I think that was his name. I just remember him coming with that little black bag. I guess everything that you needed was in that little black bag. <laughs> so I, I have to give people a little history about Lincoln Park. So Lincoln Park is a was a, a black community in Rockville, Maryland, in Montgomery County, Maryland. It was one of the first, if not the first, community that was all black and it was one of it was the reason it was all black it was the only area where blacks were being sold land and it wasn't that blacks didn't get land in other places but typically if a black family was given land to buy it was really rocky or it was marshland and this was and so you couldn't farm in it you couldn't develop it and this area in Lincoln Park the lots I actually was looking this up the lots were $80 they were 50 feet wide and they were 200 feet deep. So you got to imagine these lots. And, and the reason this is so profound for me is I remember Mama I, my great grandmother's lot. And when we drive down to Rockville, when my mom would bring us down to Rockville to her house, when you turn in the driveway, it was the longest stretch of yard I had ever seen in my life. And now I understand why, because it was 200 yards deep. And then that little teeny house set all the way in the back of this right. 200 yards. Yeah. Um, there are just some powerful memories for me, especially since I came a little bit later, so I didn't grow up there, but I got to experience where my mom and her sisters and her brother grew up, where her cousins and her friends grew up. And so I've always had these memories with me. And this is the first time we've really had this kind of conversation about it. So I'm excited. And I wish some of her sisters were I wish they had iPhones so they could be on here with us. But I know. To check your text messages and see if you're getting any because mine. Have yeah, been Nadine said Nadine said that she's here. Where is Nadine? I uh, don't know. Does she I have an iPhone? Yeah, I think so. Ask her what's her name. Okay, I don't. I don't see my messages on here. Yeah. When you're. Yeah, you'd, you'd have to move them somewhere. So I I do want to invite people. If you're thinking about home, whether you are on here with us now or you're listening to the recording, I want you to think about the memories that you have and how far back they go um, when you think about where you came from. You know, what Jenna said she's here. She said she can see, see and hear everything. Okay, so I think she's on an iPhone, so she can see us and hear us, but she can't. She'd have to send you text messages or emails, or she's gonna have to email me or something because oh. uh, she's on an iPhone, so she can't get access to us. I'm going to go on my uh, Why Facebook. Why can't you get access? I'm on an iPhone. She's not on an iPhone. Oh. oh. Yeah, she's not on an iPhone. So I see she said I'm here. She can hear everything. I can see you guys in the text, uh, the messenger. So if you text me questions or anything in there or comments, I can pull them up from there on my computer. Lisa, do you remember uh, Mom Ide's wood-burning stove that heated the whole little house? Not really. No? Okay. All right. Yeah. Doris is here. Okay. I see Doris. She says she's here and she can see. So yeah, I so Doris Janice, you're typing and if you type in here, I can see you on my 
on my laptop. So we've got this, we're navigating this people. We're making this work. Um, the other so thing that um, I always tell people about growing up in Lincoln Park, um, if you did something that wasn't right, uh, another mother spanked your butt, you would often get another one when you got home. Nobody, <laughs> nobody was calling the cops because somebody put their hands on their child. Because if you got a spanking, you were probably out there doing something you weren't supposed to do. So um, that's that just you got a spanking, And then you got a spanking for inconveniencing somebody for giving that's you right. a spanking. That's right. And embarrassing the family. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you yep. go. So yep. I, I want to give a shout out because as I was reading this, um, it said uh, some of the earlier residents of Lincoln Park. So actually this says pre-Lincoln Park residents. So some of these people may have been there before Lincoln Park was incorporated. And you can tell me if some of these names Sydney and Solomon Williams, Priscilla Powers, Reuben and Rachel Hill. Well, the Hills, I rem yeah, the Hills, I remember. I don't know how far Reuben and because Miss Mabel and, um, you know, Sharon's relatives and Anita's relatives, they were all Hills. Okay. The, Miss, the, Warrens. Nessie, the Warrens live right next door to the Hills. Yeah. Okay. Then you have the Palmers. Now I know the Prathers. Okay, yeah, the Prathers and the Palmers lived in Lincoln Park, and I don't know, again, how far back. Right, uh, Howard's we and the Sheltons. Sheltons are cousins. They're down the family line somewhere, but they're like second cousin twice removed or something. Right, and then I, ha I see Davises and Johnsons. Some of these are original family families yeah. who were there actually pre-Lincoln Park. Right. Now, uh, I know that. One of the Davises was a minister, Reverend Davis, for years okay. and years. And now his son is a minister. Um, Nadine can see in here. She, yeah, I, Nadine, I'm not sure where you are because you have an iPhone, don't you? This is what happens when you have your whole family on your show. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I do know, and I, I, someone had told me <laughs> the Israels and and the Summer Hours, which are both my relatives from right. you, you marrying my dad. Um, they were two of the original families from the the incorporated Lincoln Park. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nadine's saying yes. So this for me was a sense of pride to be able to go back there a couple of weeks ago and just have this experience with my mother and all of her sisters. So we had about 350 people at this event um, and it was just amazing. I have never been there with all of you. Yeah. I've never been back to Rockville with you yeah. and your sisters. Right. <laughs> so it was I, a... <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, they don't know this because they've been back together for reunions, but to be an adult and go back with all of your adult aunts and your mom to see, I'm getting emotional. Um, <laughs> well, you saw a lot of the people that we grew up with. I, I, I got to see people that when I was little, my grandfather would drive me around Rockville like we were in a parade and everyone would say, <laughs> hey, hey, William. And they would say, oh, he that's, that's one of them somehow girls. That's one of William's grandbabies. <laughs> Go back with my, with my aunt. So my aunt Janice just said, with it being so many of us at every house in the neighborhood because of our age difference. So there were big families in Lincoln. Right. Well, that was pre-birth control. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All you had was the rhythm method. Right. We <laughs> had rhythm. Apparently, not so much. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it was. It was just a wonderful experience. So I do want to hear 
from you and I'm going to keep an eye on the chat because I really did want to hear from my aunts, from my mom. What is it like for you? What has it been like over the years to go back to Lincoln Park? When you think about home for you, what comes yeah. to mind? Well, you know, I always say Lincoln Park will always be my home. I have loved every place we live for different reasons, whether it was Milwaukee or, or my short uh, time in Philadelphia. Um, it doesn't matter. Every, every place we live became home for different reasons. But Lincoln Park will always be my primary home. Um, it is where I got my grounding. It is where still a lot of my friends live <laughs> in and around Lincoln Park. And, you know, I mean, we just had a elementary school reunion a few years ago where our 92-year-old kindergarten teacher spoke. So that's the kind of community that, that Lincoln Park was and still is in a lot of ways. Um, kindergarten friends still keep in touch with each other. We're in our 70s. We call each other on our birthdays and holidays when someone's ill, uh, has passed, or, or whatever. It's just home. So it's very comfortable going back there. It's very familiar. Um, and it's usually a lot of fun just to yeah, go back. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to go back. Um, so I want to give people a little a little bit more history. So with it being an all black community, um, uh, my mom's friend asked us as we were doing our uh, we have a tour that we do whenever we go back to Lincoln Park. Um, right. We go to every house that we've ever my mom has ever lived in. So we and we go to my great grandmother's house, which has finally been torn down. Yeah. And gigantic house has been built on the front of the two hundred. Uh, yard lot, which just right. does not look right, but that's just me. Uh, but we go to the house that she and her sisters and her brother grew up on in, or, you know, we're all born in on Douglas Avenue. We go to the apartment where my parents as teenagers and high school students were living um, after I was born, after my sister was born. Um, I, I got I to gotta read this here. My Aunt Doree said, I never understood why we left home. I used to have a reoccurring dream as a kid that I could get on my bike cross California Avenue and be back home in Lincoln Park. Now I have to explain that when my grandparents left Lincoln Park, Maryland, Rockville, Maryland, I gotta be specific, it's Lincoln Park in Rockville, Maryland. They moved to South Jersey. My aunt thought she could cross over a street that was <laughs> from the house in South Jersey and be back in Lincoln Park. So that tells you how young she was. Um, <laughs> And so she never understood that and she couldn't figure out why she couldn't get that bike to get her back. <laughs> there, the, the beautiful thing about Lincoln Park and one of the questions my mom's friend said, you know, because it was a segregated community. My mother went to an all black elementary school. Matter of fact, my grandmother's was that Nana's high school. Yeah. in Lincoln Park. Yeah. My mother's high school is still the building is still there in Lincoln Park and it was an all black high school. My mother had an all black elementary school. And then by then there was a, a real big high school, a regular high school that was also all black. And uh, her friend asked us two weeks ago, so did you have black and white water fountains? And we both started laughing. There were no white people living in Lincoln Park. So there was no right. need for a black <laughs> water fountain. <laughs> the only people drinking from the water fountains was us. So it was yeah. funny um, that you could... <laughs> You could have a community like that and be isolated, but it showed me the beauty to some degree of that kind of isolation or that kind of community where everybody looked like you and people that looked like you were there to support you and your 
your school teacher was even black. Yeah, well, even that they were all black. All black. Uh, right. our, yeah. our principal lived right around the corner from us. Um, my third grade teacher lived um, a few streets over. But yeah, and most of the teachers lived um, in Link. A lot of them lived in Lincoln Park, or they lived in Washington D.C. and they commuted. Right. So, so tell them how far you had to walk to get to school. Well, you, had, and you how- go with us. I'm I'm thinking it was about a mile or so from Lincoln Park to Rock Terrace Elementary School. We had to cross a highway and we had a crossing guard, but um, because the county didn't have school buses coming into our community. So unless your parent, you know, could drive you and sometimes they were able to, but in our community, everybody worked. Women worked, men worked. I didn't know women didn't, wives didn't work until I was a little older. I thought, you know, why is she home? All, why is your mother home all the time? Is she sick? But um, <laughs> that's just the way it was. So, yeah, we walked rain, sleet, snow, whatever. We had to walk to, to that school. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nadine wrote, uh, she put Rock Terror. She just remembered. And Mrs. Jones, was that the teacher? Mrs. Was Mrs. Jones may have been one of Nadine's teachers. Oh, yep. She said K-3. Good. Yeah. That was Janice. Janice said K-3. See, okay. this is what's amazing to me, how far back our memories go when you talk oh, about- the principal. Oh, okay. All right. The principal. Nadine said that was the principal, Mrs. Okay. Jones. So we had a black female principal. Yeah. <laughs> go, Miss Jones. Um, it, it's just, a, it has always amazed me at the memories. And a lot of it is because this is what a community was like. This is this was a real community. You had, um, I don't even know how big, how many square miles, if we, if we can figure out the size. It's not a huge little community. Yeah, um, yeah, I have to look that up. I don't, I don't know either. So I, mean, I just know you could, to read. You could walk that whole community. There. What, are, what are some of the things that you remember about, because my mother's the oldest out of all her siblings. So everyone else on here is a, a few years or so younger than her. And so the memories are going to be different because... I think Doris and Tony were the youngest two when you left, but right. what is it that you remember? Because even with Doris being one of the youngest, she still has friends that she's kept in touch with all these years. So when we were there two weeks ago, she went to breakfast with an old friend. Right. So the, the power of having, and I tell people, okay, I've lived in 10 states. I've had 23 different dwellings. Um, I grew up in New Jersey and Milwaukee, but when people ask me, where are my people from? My people are from Lincoln Park in Rockville, Maryland. Right. That's yeah. where my people are from. Yeah. So if you if you want to talk about where your people are from, if anybody in the audience, and I'm going to ask uh, Katya in a minute, um, I have class pictures from Rock Terrace. That's my Aunt Doris. <laughs> Janice wrote, Mrs. Green was my first grade teacher. She used to smack my butt because I would kneel up in my chair. My <laughs> Aunt Katie remembers going sledding in the cemetery. Right. We talked Don't about judge, that. Don't judge us. <laughs> they had it had the best hill in the community. Terry still has the best hill in the community. Matter of fact, I think it's the only hill. <laughs> and when we went there two weeks ago, we went to the cemetery because I pay my respects to my grandfather, my great grandparents, and any other relatives I see. I just make sure I check. So we probably spent a half an hour there because I couldn't remember where my granddad's uh, thing was. Um, I see why why watch we watch. I watch. Oh, Nadine says she watched. So Nadine wasn't sledding. <laughs> Nadine wasn't trying to go in the cemetery. That's like during uh, when we were trying to integrate. Nadine wasn't trying to go to jail. 
So I want to, and I want to talk about that because my, my mom, her sisters, my grandmother, this is now the fifties and sixties in Montgomery County, Maryland. And Montgomery County at the time was one of the wealthiest counties. Right. Um, it was predominantly white. Um, I have a girlfriend who was with us, I said earlier, who grew up in DC. And she said, all I knew about Montgomery County was don't go there. That's right. the, you know, black folks weren't really welcome there too tough. So she had never heard of Lincoln Park, but I want you to talk about um, what were some of the things you experienced in terms of the, of segregation and what changed when it, when when it was integrated. Well, what are some of the things you and my, my grandmother used to do? Um, well, the one thing I remember, uh, we had a Rexall drugstore, and and in Rockville, Main Street, Rockville, as it was, um, that was too segregated. You couldn't sit at the counters, so. When they integrated schools, um, a lot of our white acquaintances that we had made uh, would stop at Rexall to get a hot dog and soda or, you know, whatever. And a few of them knew that, you know, we weren't allowed to sit down there yet. So they would get them and bring them outside, um, you know, for us. Um, I mean, it wasn't long before it was allowed. But, um, yeah, I always remember that. Um, Chantel, her name was Chantel. And she was like one of my first white friends. And yes. Now, where did she live and how did you meet? Well, this was at Richard Montgomery. So high school. High school. Okay. Yeah, so this was like in, in the ninth grade. Yeah. But I remember Chantel and she would go in and get me a hot dog, get her a hot dog, get our little sodas. And, and she would stand outside with me and eat. Now, again, Chantel, I don't know. She may have come to the house one time, maybe. But I know I couldn't go to her house. She, she, I mean, she told me I couldn't come to her house. So, mm-hmm. yep, that's just the way it was. But I always remember that because she was so nice. You know, yeah. I mean, she was like the first white person that I'd actually met and talked to. So, and you were, and that was your freshman year in high school. Yeah. 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 And so, I mean, you know, white people in the stores and stuff like that, yeah. but actually, somebody that you could talk to and laugh with and, you know, act silly and all that stuff. So, yeah. yeah. I just love this conversation because I just think a lot of people hearing this and folks that are listening to, will listen to the replay just to understand what communities like this were like and what that experience was like, that you could be in eighth, ninth grade and have your first white friend and have a a friend who, you know, who could say to you because she knew the dynamics that, yeah, I, you can't come to my house. We could be right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we could be friends at school, but you can't come to my house. And you I mean you I don't know. How did you feel about that? Did you even feel some kind of way or it's just how Well, you know, I tell people it's hard to describe because we didn't know any other way. You know, yeah. at some point it it hits you. But growing up, we never we just knew that's the way it was. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's all you knew. Um, you, My aunt Therese just wrote, moving to the North was culture shock for her. She she said she didn't know anything about white people. So you and Therese are, Therese is seven years older than me. So, yeah, so you guys got a pretty good gap uh, between yeah. you. Right, um, right. Yeah, so moving from Maryland to South Jersey, even though it's South Jersey, it was way North for them. Um, yeah. And being in, Therese, what grade were you in? Because now you're in a school that's predominantly white. Yeah, and I think Derice has always gone to integrated schools. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it's a whole different experience. Yeah. 
Yeah, I want to ask um, Katia, are you are you able to talk to us? Are you able to be on camera? Because I want people to meet you. Let me see if she can get her her speaker up here. And even if she would like to join us here, because Katia's got some things. I'm going to take a commercial break with Katia. Hey, Katia. Hey, my so, mother. Hi. Nice Katia. to meet you. You Katia. too. Introduce yourself and tell everyone where you're from. Well, I'm uh, I'm from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. I'm a carioca. Uh, that's how you call anybody that was born in Rio. I live in L I live here in LA for the last thirty years. I came here in 1990. Okay. Uh, to make music and art, and here I am. <laughs> well, it's good to meet you. Good to meet you too. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, and you'll, we'll, we're gonna, I'm going to have Katia on so I can really interview her because she does beautiful art pieces. She does pillows. She's got umbrellas. Um, she's got aprons. She's trying to get full all print t-shirts. And I want everybody to see that. But because of your experience coming here from Rio, what was the culture shock like for you? And when you think of home, what do you think of? Uh, culture shock when I moved. That's the first yeah. question, right? Um, in Brazil, we have an idea that Americans are cold people because they are not moved by emotions, mostly. That's the idea. We grew up like that. Um, so it takes some time for you to understand exactly how to relate because the way we relate is different. But I always thought that um, African-Americans, black people, they they would just look at me, look in, in my eye. They were not afraid. There were no difference. Um, so white people would be, pol their way of being polite is not to look at you. Mm. <laughs> That's the feeling I had when I got here. Mm -hmm. And black people would just look at you, look at your body, <laughs> your eyes, you know. It was very interesting. We or, call or that people, looking people up and down. Yeah. <laughs> not being afraid. Right, right. I'm checking you out. Okay. Yeah, or invading your space. Right. Something like that. You know, not afraid of that. Mm -hmm. Or or touching. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing that I found here too, doing shows especially. So show, uh, I would have a break. I would go to the, uh, the table and say, nice to meet you. Thank you for coming, blah, blah, blah. And in my own way, I would maybe touch a, a shoulder or something. And I would feel that people would look like, why is she touching me? Well, you, are, you are on screen with my mother, who is the queen of touch. I just think it's just a way to connect with people. Exactly. You know, like you say, you touch the shoulder. Um, I may even motion to give you a hug and see, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's a way of connecting with people. Exactly. And, yeah. you, you are connecting completely. Right, mm -hmm. right. Right. So, so, how long did it take for you to start? Well, I should ask you: Do you still, when you think of home, do you still think of Rio, or do you feel like this is now home, or is that's it both? Very, that's a very good question. I get <laughs> one a show. That was it. Sometimes I feel it's here, but I feel it's here because of my home, the home that I created with my husband. You know, okay, yeah, the garden, the flowers, right the kitchen, 
um, some friends. But for a long time, I would I would say I miss. People would ask me, "What do you miss?" I said, "I miss conversations. I miss the sense of humor. Right, that is different. Yeah, uh, or if, or or some connection like uh, some way of you know when you would talk, but you make links, and the links can be." based on generation can be things that you watch when you were a kid on TV can be a book that you all of us read at the same time it can be a political thing that happened at the same time those things it takes time when you learn a new language to understand those links it's not only to speak the alphabet the words to know the words it's the, it's the, I look at that as part of the culture yes it's the culture, and it and we experience time. that here too. Yeah, and so it's the culture. I want to go back here, my my aunt Nadine, because this is this is interesting. This is sort of a home lesson and some history and some U.S. and some black. It's all kind of history. She says she went to Catholic school for a couple of years. Was still called the N word because you know it it hit everywhere, even church. Right? Janice said she was bused in the fourth grade to an integrated school. They're saying hi, Katya, and was saying. Yeah, they moved in 62. So my Aunt Therese was only seven. So that was her first experience going to a fully integrated. Actually, it was integrated, but it was mostly white um, Mm -hmm. grade school. So, again, even just moving here within this United States, my my family experienced the culture shock very similar to yours moving here from Rio. It was a whole different. Yeah. Um, Whole different expectations. I mean, you were still, I think for the most part, you were still looked at as, you know, a Negro or colored or whatever the term was at the time, but not, it wasn't as overt. That's what it was. I mean, it was still there, but not as overt. And up north. Up north. Yeah. Um, Now, in the case of my parents' home being burned down, I think that was pretty. Okay. So I got to, I got to give this history. So my grandparents moved from Rockville, Lincoln Park, Rockville, Maryland to uh, at Seekin or Egg Harbor Township. I got to get all the names right because folks that live there get really particular about getting these names wrong. And they bought a little piece of land and they were having a home built. And um, mom, you go ahead and tell what happened. Well, apparently the people in that little area were not happy with these brown folks building there. And while the home was in construction, it was mysteriously burned down. <laughs> yeah. Of course, they never found out who did it. But, you know, they, they lost all that. Boy. Yeah. So, so I, I always, sh- I, not always, but very often I do, I do facilitations. I do work. I'm a consultant, a speaker, a coach. And in a lot of my facilitation, I'm dealing in diversity, equity, inclusion, and engagement, and also race and racism. And then I do empowerment and engagement work for women. But in our, in our work, when we're talking about diversity or race and racism, I often share that story. Um, to have your your uh, family member move to relocate the family and have the ability to buy a piece of land and to build start building a home for six children, right? And have it burned down before it was finished was devastating. Yeah. Um, and when I tell you this home, this place was in the woods. I don't mean it was in the country. I mean it was in the woods. Yeah. So the fact yeah. that someone didn't want this black family to even have a house in the woods is just mind-boggling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my grandmother told me, and, and now that I have all my aunts and my mom, it was in Farmington, right? Um, right. 
Yeah. My Aunt Teresa is still saying, I just wanted to get to California Avenue. She's like, if she could have got that, <laughs> she could have crossed the time zone and rode that bike back into Maryland. Um, they're all on here. So you can tell me if I have this right, because I believe Nana shared with me that when she went to the municipal building to talk about what had happened to the home, mm-hmm. there was an older white gentleman in the building in the line that heard her. And his name was Mr. Love. And I always think right. what how ironic that this man's name was actually Love. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Love ended up selling my grandparents, was it one acre or two acres? Two acres. Two they acres got two acres for a dollar. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. On fire road so that they could rebuild their home. He owned <laughs> all of the land behind and around them. And so I think at that point he figured, oh, you'll be safe here because nobody's coming on my property. And that was the homestead. That was the home that I remember driving into at three years old. That was the home I remember becoming a bus stop because there were so many of them going to school there. It became a bus stop um, where where they all got picked up. And my aunt said, yeah, Mr. Love really loved my Uncle Tony. My Uncle Tony, rest his soul, is is gone. yeah, I tell people that story because there's all there's always another side, you know. That little girl that my mom, what was her name? Chantel. Chantel. See, I'm just done because her name was Chantel, so I have to tell people she was white. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Chantel. No, 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 no. Yeah. That was before. Yeah. Was and it's funny white. because I work with a Chantel now. She spells her name differently, but she's also white. Okay, <laughs> so so obviously there was something going on with that name. Um, But, you know, you have a a young girl, a ninth grader named Chantel, who befriends a black kid knowing that she can never bring her to her house to play. And so you're living within that dynamic and and trying to have a normal life in an abnormal situation. But this love story is so powerful for me because it would be easy for me, for my grandparents, for my family to just be angry at white people forever all the time for burning down that home. But it was also a white person who gave them the opportunity to build a home somewhere else. And that's the one that we all remember. Right, right. That's so funny, funny you said that because um, I'm listening to you, but I'm doing this. Oh, this is her artwork. You're making oh, something nice. right now. Nice, nice. As you're talking, Here, Mr. Creating. Love. This is Mr. Love. Oh! <laughs> okay, so you have to look up Katia Mareas. Morais. Say it again. It's think more ice Morais. Morais. So I'm going to tell you Morais. So, Mom, it's like Ramon, it's like Morales without the L. Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. Yeah, it's like Morales without the L. So if you go to the website, Katia Morais. Morais.com. M O R A E S. Let me. It's not showing up. the house. M-O-R-A-E-S. You're going to see all of the stuff, but this woman is a phenomenal singer, uh-huh. actor, performer, poet, writer, <laughs> artist. And, and I, when you see her, you're probably going to go, oh, God, I've seen her before. Like, I know her. <laughs> I've actually seen this woman perform, and she's on my podcast. But she started doing, really doing artwork. Um, uh, how many years has it been, Katya? Well, um, I started in 1984 in Brazil, okay. so I came here uh, in 1990. So she's she's just she's she is a consummate artist. She is a creative well, 
spirit. You will really have to let us know when you're going to have a show because the gentleman that I'm dating loves going to art shows and museums and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but yeah. My aunt Arisha has told me something that I did not know. What? Um, so are you talking about on 61 Fire Road or the little teeny one? She said you the home that, that they lived in was a nursing home. Right. Yeah, it had been a nursing home. Okay, so we called it the big house. I told you the house. When right. I pulled in at three years old, I thought it was gigantic. So it was but actually- You're not talking about the house that mommy and them built, right? No, no, the no. House. The house that- The house the on 61 Fire Road. The house that we were living in while that house was being built was a nursing home. Oh, that's a different one. That's not the one on Fire Road. Yeah, it was on Fire Road. The little teeny one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it had a long hallway in the back. Um, it had a stove that you put okay. wood in with the burners on top. Okay. Um, yeah, it was a it was a nursing home. That was the one right next to the Garrett's. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah so sixty one Fire Road. It would have been where Adrian's lot house ended up being. Yeah. 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 Um, so let me see. Home we lived in. Oh goodness! Some what, she wrote. If it wasn't for a this, now, look, it's a podcast. You're gonna hear stuff on here. Just live with it. Um, if it wasn't for a few good white folks, we would still be slaves. And well, that's true. Um, yep. Cousin Grace owned, and we picked potatoes in the backyard. Yep, you had to dig potatoes. Wow! <laughs> see, I did not know this. I didn't know I this. So okay, let's let's talk about going home. So. How often, after you moved to Maryland, how often did Nina and Gampy take you guys back to Rockville? After we moved to New Jersey, you mean? New Jersey, I mean, yeah. Um, well, I was grown. Y'all were little. I, I tried to go back as often as I could Ooh, and stay with Mama and William with you guys. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I probably went back more than anybody. Yeah. Well, um, I know growing up, I felt like, I felt like we went back pretty regularly to see yeah, my grandfather, yeah. my great grandmother, and, right. and then I could see all the cousins and everything. Yeah, um, yeah. But you, and Nadine and Adrian and Darice, I think I don't know how many. I just feel like in the last ten or fifteen years, you guys have made it a point to try to get down there more consistently. Yeah, I, I think you know as we're getting older, and our friends are getting older, and families getting older, um, that it's just important to to keep that contact. You know, it's just um, that's part of who we are or we are who we are because of a lot of those people. Right. Like um, Miss Bessie. Yeah. <laughs> right. Kathy, how often do you get back to Rio? That's exactly one point. I don't go often there. And now with COVID, it's even worse. Yeah. My mom Plus, passed. I went a few times. Yeah. And Plus, when my, my, my dad passed years ago. It's, oh, it's I'm like, sorry. I have my sister, you know, and my nieces and everything, but I don't don't I I don't go frequently. Um, and then realistically, I mean, we're always we're also looking at a cost factor. I mean, yeah. I don't know about you, but we're certainly not rich. <laughs> and um, you know, like this last trip, it it cost a pretty penny between yeah. airfare and hotels and the Airbnb and the car rental and the gas. You know, it, it starts to add up. Yeah, um, you can imagine when we fly so far. Yeah, right. This is when you're really thankful for the internet. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, because I remember when I moved here, the letters would take a, a month or more to be yeah. received. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And to call. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. You didn't even call anybody because right, especially well, my dad had a lock on the phone. 
you have seven children in a house and parents and you had to pay for your calls. Well, that's so funny because my dad had a lock on the phone too. Yeah. So <laughs> calling from New Jersey to Maryland just to talk to your, your friends, it, was, it could be expensive. So my dad had a lock on the phone. At one point we had a lock on the refrigerator because <laughs> we used to bring friends home and fix all the grape juice or orange juice or whatever was in the freezer and those um, frozen cookies that you put in the oven. Um, yeah. the dough, the dough. We, we would bake them and just feed the whole neighborhood. <laughs> so I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask now because I want my eyes to be able to type their answers. And I'm going to ask each one of you to talk about when you think about home for yourself now, uh, what is something, what is a memory from being in Lincoln park from growing up in that community? What is a memory that stays with you? Um, that's just been a powerful source of empowerment or comfort from, from that community. And for us, this is so crazy because we just had the experience two weeks ago being in that environment. So it's almost like we just had it. But I want you to think about when you think about Lincoln Park and what that meant. Why was Doree still trying to ride her bike to get back to Lincoln Park? Um, there's something about that community, something about that environment and the people and the feeling that you got from there that has stayed with you all of your life. It's a nice feeling to be somewhere that is very, very familiar and very comfortable. It's like no surprises. Mm. You know, there's, I mean, there, there's just no surprises. Uh, I've never gone back there and been surprised. You know, oh, this isn't this or this. The, at, the attitudes, the environment is still the same. Even though the, the community has a little more integration now, not much, <laughs> but a little. But um, yeah, it's no surprises. I like the no surprises. Um, it's, yeah. it's that familiarity and that, that kind of comfort. Um, Katya, when you think about Rio, what is it that has stayed with you? that you carry with you, that just keeps home with you all the time. Sense of humor. Ah, yeah. humor. I need to get you with my aunts. <laughs> they're gonna have to all get iPhones. So the next time I do this, I can have them up here with us because um, that's one. But Janice, Adrian, Nadine, Derese, whoever's still on here, when you think about Lincoln Park, what is it that just keeps you connected to that community? What is it that you carry with you? Is it the relationships? Um, I know for me, it was always that real sense of community with a bunch of people who look like me. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, and, and, and Katya, you, we were talking earlier about the culture, like every, every environment has its own culture. You know, you could work at a job and your department has a culture that might be different than another department. Yeah. There was something about that community that was just, it was like a huge community of folks who had your back and who were supportive. And that doesn't mean everything was always good and they didn't have, you know, right, right. gossip and all that stuff. Cause God knows you got more than three people, you gonna have gossip. Yeah. But it was still that sense. I just remember that feeling of being able to drive through a neighborhood or walk through a, a community and folks were sitting out on their porches Yep. Everybody knew everybody and there was always a wave and you could get caught up 
with what was going on with them and their kids. And what I love at almost 60 years old to be able to go back and be in that church, in that hall with 350 folks from that community or the surrounding area and still get that feeling walking from one table to the next to the next, that the sense of community is what keeps bringing us back. Um, Doree said that she always felt safe. Mm, Did she text you? No, she texted it on here. Oh, okay. Yep. That's, yeah. There, there, yeah, that's a good, You isn't that something? There was no po- police station in Lincoln Park back then. No, there oh. still isn't a police station in the park. No, there were, well, at one point there was one in the community center, but I even think that's gone. Oh, oh but okay. Growing up, there was never a police station in Lincoln Park. Yeah. Everyone yeah. knew you. Um, you never had that feeling of having to worry about walking around the corner or riding your bike. So yeah, there was that sense of that sense of safety, and um, you had your own school, you had your own teachers. What was it like when it integrated? It was very quiet. You know, you hear all this stuff across the country back in the day when places were integrating and um, people were marching and carrying signs and the whole bit. Now, hey, the schools integrated. I can't remember a hassle or you know uh, that kind of commotion. However, I do remember trying out for the cheerleading team. And I know I was good. (laughs) But I was not the same color as all those other girls that they picked. So that kind of thought, I kind of thought, well, okay, they don't want us to do that either. But, um, but I mean, you could run track or play basketball or, you know, that, that kind of stuff, but they weren't having no brown cheerleaders. And didn't have any for a long, not the whole time I was there. Cheerleaders. Yeah, I'm looking to see if anybody else would put anything. Um, Yeah, so I'm just, I I, want to thank my family for being on. I want to thank my mom. She got on camera today and stayed on here the whole time. (laughs) Thank you so much for getting on here. And I'm going to be getting in touch with you about when I can grab you and actually do a whole show and interview because I want people to see. Would you please do me a favor and go grab a piece of your art? Just show us one piece. You look so much alike. Unbelievable. Look at us and what? (laughs) What is Janice? Janice, how did I save your life? Where were we that I saved your life? I don't remember. And if I did, you owe me big time. You want to see an umbrella? Oh, look at that. Oh, fancy, smancy. Very nice. (laughs) Your dress caught on fire at the house. I vaguely remember that. On the corner of Douglas and Frederick and just have an adventure. Yeah, just hanging out at the corner. Uh, Who caught fire? Janice. I don't remember in the kitchen at the house, her dress caught fire and mommy had just learned the week before how to put it out and you rolled her up in the rug. <laughs> I learned something every time I get with them, I learned something. Doris, I was cooking oatmeal. Oh, Janice was cooking oatmeal. <laughs> my mother is always cooking oatmeal to this day. Katia, did you get one of my umbrellas? What did you get? Yeah. What did she show us? The uh, umbrella. An oh, umbrella. Okay, I had my. I was reading something. Her umbrellas are phenomenal. I'm. I know. 
when I told her they're going to be Christmas gifts for everybody. That's but, right. They look like a piece of art. I mean, well, it is a piece of art. Yeah, that's a piece of art. I will have yeah. a, a, a strap on my wrist so I don't leave that umbrella anymore. Right. <laughs> like, my umbrella is here somewhere and we won't be leaving until I get my umbrella. Yeah. So <laughs> my, my aunts, Janice, Therese, and Nadine for being here tonight. Um, so they said we need to know when she's coming to our area. Well, go to her website. I'm actually going to put it in here for you guys. Uh, M O R A A E S. Yeah. You got it. I can spell it. I just got to get my vowel. There you go. It came up. Nice. Okay. Okay. Yeah, your music and everything. Uh -huh. So they're going to go. They're going to go to your website. And she's got aprons. She has bags. She has, I mean, pillows. She has artwork that you can hang on the wall. The umbrellas. The, the I'm umbrellas starting. Are I'm starting. She, yeah, no, the umbrellas are phenomenal. But I do. I want to thank my aunts for for being on here today and for sharing this information, folks. Think about yeah. where your people are from. Think about where you came from. And if you don't know, this is a good opportunity for you to talk to your aunts, your uncles, your parents, your grandparents. Um, and if that is you, sit down and write those memories down and share them with some young folks in your family. What did your community mean to you growing up? What do you still carry from those years of your childhood? Um, oh, my Lord, have mercy. We're about that. One of my aunts wants to ask about when another somebody we won't mention pulled a gun on somebody. We're not going to mention those names. This is my family. We almost got away. We almost got through this show without... <laughs> I want to invite and challenge um, and hopefully encourage everybody who listens to this to sit down and think about where your people are from. Think about where you came from, the homes that you've had. What is it that you can pull from that experience that's going to help you feel good about who you are and how you're living? And if you go through all that and can't think of anything, guess what? It's your job to create that where you are now. Right? Create that where you are now. You get to you get to be the one who starts that legacy for yourself and for the people coming up behind you. Um, it is a pleasure. I am Dr. Lisa. I want you to come and live in power with me every week, and I will see you back here next Thursday. Everybody have a great evening. Ciao. 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 <laughs> Thank you for listening to Live Empowered. You can connect with me on Facebook at Dr. Lisa Summer Hour Live Empowered Institute. If you enjoyed this episode, please recommend Live Empowered with Dr. Lisa Summer Hour or my series, Divorce is Not a Destination, to friends and family. Be sure to join my live audience and see upcoming shows by registering for access at firesidechat.com backslash Lisa Summer Hour. Catch replays on Fireside and my YouTube channel, Live Empowered. Until next time, Live Empowered, lead your best self forward. Live on Fireside.